You're listening to the Paul Hutchings Podcast, brought to you by paulhutchings.net, teaching you to be free through principle-centered lessons on personal development, online marketing, and financial literacy. Hey, what's going on, friends and fellow Freedom Crusaders? This episode is titled The Snake Charmer's Magic, and this is going to be another really big one containing one of the most important lessons that I picked up on my journey that had a huge impact on my initial success and also continues to guide and direct my thinking today, helping me to continue to grow and make good decisions in my business. So I'm really excited to pass this along. Before I get into the content, I did want to give a quick shout out to one of our Freedom Crusading listeners, Mr. John Hutcherson. He gave our podcast a five-star review on iTunes and said, this podcast is chock full of positivity and motivation about finding success online and in life, five stars. So thank you, John. I appreciate that very much. And if you are getting value from any of these episodes, I would really appreciate it if you'd head on over to wherever you're picking up this podcast and give us a review. That will definitely help other people find and be inspired by this content. So let's go ahead and get into this. As an introduction to this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to play some clips from a couple of YouTube videos that blew my mind a couple of weeks ago. One of my kids came home from school and he's said, dad, they showed us this video in school today and you've got to see this. He played these videos for me. These are two videos describing this church that is located somewhere in the United States. And this church is all about handling poisonous snakes. This video is highly relevant to the content that I want to pass along in this episode of the podcast. So I'd love to encourage you to tune in and listen for just a couple of moments because this content is going to serve as a great framework and launching pad for what I want to talk about. Just to give you a heads up, you're going to hear a few people in this audio. The pastor of this church, you're going to hear his brother. I think you do hear his mother at one point in the audio, and you also hear a medical professional as well. So let's go ahead and get into this. Three, two, one, go. These snakes, it's a part of the Bible, and I'm going to put that before anybody. I've been bit six times. I don't think it's crazy. It's just a sign from God. But if you've not been raised up in it and you look at it, you're going to be like, man, them people's crazy. The only difference between our church and other churches is when you go to the book of Mark 16 and 18. It tells you about the Bible signs. The signs is taking up serpents, drinking poison, casting out devils, speaking in tongues, and laying hands on the sick and them recovered. When the Bible says serpents, if you look up the definition of a serpent, it means a poisonous snake. If they could bite you and never hurt you, it wouldn't be a sign to the unbeliever. When the old man got bit by a cane break like this, he died within probably 10 minutes. Sunday morning started out like any Sunday at the Middlesbrough Church. The Abrams family was there, and me and little Cody, and wife and the kids and everybody. And He's preaching on the signs. I seen him raise his hand up. Next thing I know, the serpent he had in his right hand had struck and bit him in the side of the face. and He's pouring the blood. He was coughing, like, really bad. As soon as he got behind the doors of the ER at Middlesbrough, they called Code Blue on him. 
When Cody first arrived at the ER, it was difficult for him to communicate. He became very swollen in his airway. Where the snake actually bit him was close to the temporal artery, so he's lucky that he didn't bleed to death prior to arriving at the hospital. After the ER physician was able to secure an airway for Cody, they were able to airlift him to the University of Tennessee Hospital where he remained on life support for quite a while. They didn't know for sure that he would even pull through. I'm acting pastor right now because little Cody's still having some effects from being bit. He's not really wanting to have to take care of everything. He's a little bit more snappy than he usually is. You know, he's got a lot on his shoulders now, what he's went through. I felt it bite me. And uh, within seconds, it started tangling. I knew how bad it was gonna be. And I just told myself not to fall. It scared Brittany too bad. I couldn't breathe. I was worried that I was gonna lose my bowels, but I couldn't feel nothing at all. I just knew my throat was swelling closed. I knew I was going to die. How you feeling, Dave? feel like maybe there's part of me missing. I'm always wore out and don't feel like I'm going to be able to go another day. I'm always having chest pains. You know, and I always feel bad and puke my guts up or about passed out. You know, I've pushed for the church. I've pushed for my job. I've pushed for my family. And it's, uh, it's taking a toll on me. Wow. Mentally, I feel like it's changed me forever. I love you, baby doll. I love you. Cody has suffered trauma from this bite, long-term effects. He's currently struggling on the right side um, of his face where the bite was initially made with double vision and a lot of visual disturbance in general. I don't think Cody will ever really be back to normal. When Jamie died at 42, they handed this church to little Cody at 21 years old. I think he believes it is just he's walking in the same pattern that his daddy did. I think he thinks he's gonna die when he's 42 because his daddy died when he's 42. I definitely miss him. A little bit emotional. I guess it's part of the reason I don't like coming up here. I know he's in a better place, but held back the tears for over a year and a half now, you know. Just trying to go on and never said it was easy though. It didn't hit me at the funeral, it didn't hit me when we buried him, it hit me three months later when things finally calmed down. It's 21. Every other weekend before I got bit, I was like, I'm tired of being pastor. Like, I just want to leave and not have to deal with this no more. But I do feel like I'm living Dad's life. And I always feel like he died young, and I always feel like that I'm going to die young. It was a week before I handled the snake when I got out of the hospital. And it makes me nervous being around him sometimes. I'm a little more jumpy than what I used to be. It was God's will, and that's the way we see it. Little Cody thinks he got bit because he let cameras back in the church. Myself, I don't believe that's why he got bit. I think Little Cody got bit for disobedience. If it was left up to me on that, I'd have cameras in church all the time. The Bible talks about it being published and preached unto all the world. I've never ever sat and thought about if it was different in the Bible. You know, I wouldn't have it any other way. 
it's my way of life. If everybody's got a way of life, they wouldn't change. But where I've been born and raised into it, it's in my blood. Snake handling is in my blood. There is nobody that could ask me or persuade me to stop the snake handling. Nobody, not my kids, not my wife, not my mom. If my own daddy come back from the grave and asked me to quit, I'd tell him to go back. Wow. So what are your thoughts on that video? When my kids played this video for me and we were sitting on our couch and all my kids were gathered around the laptop and we finished up these two videos, these clips that I shared with you are clips from the two longer versions of the videos on YouTube that you can find if you just go to YouTube and look up Snake Church. Anyway, when we finished up the video, I asked my kids, what can we learn from these videos that we just watched? And I was looking for a specific answer. One of my oldest kid said that people are stupid and <laughs> we we laughed a little bit but I said no you know they're not stupid because if you think about it the gentlemen in this video the people in this video they're not stupid right I'm sure they can read they can write they can study and understand the Bible they can communicate this guy's a pastor he's a leader he's at the front of this congregation of people so you can't really call someone like that stupid but what you can say and this was the answer that I was looking for for my kids is that beliefs have a massive impact on how our lives play out because we will typically act and think and speak and move in the world in ways that are in alignment with our beliefs. And so what I want to do in this podcast here for the next few minutes is share with you one more quick little story on belief. And then I want to share with you the four types of beliefs so that you and me and anyone who listens to this episode can be aware of these different types of beliefs to know which category they fall into so that we can make better decisions in deciding which beliefs we want to embrace versus which beliefs we might want to avoid because we can see from these clips that I shared with you in this episode that adopting certain beliefs can go so far as to lead to death. This gentleman in the clips that I played, his father was a pastor in the same church handling venomous snakes. He got bit and he died. So his belief literally led to his physical death at a young age, leaving his family fatherless. And then his son picked up the same beliefs and he eventually got bit by another poisonous serpent and that produced very harmful health effects on him that will last for the remainder of his life. So beliefs definitely have a big impact on how our lives play out. One more story and then I'll get into the four different categories of beliefs. So this short story comes from The Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. It's just a few paragraphs, so I want to read these to you. Napoleon Hill writes, I then recalled a conversation between the late Senator Robert L. Taylor and myself in which we were discussing the subject of politics. It was a friendly discussion as we were of the same political faith, but the senator asked me a question for which I never forgave him until I began the research to which I have referred. I see that you are a very staunch Democrat, he said, and I wonder if you know why you are. I thought of the question for a few seconds, then blurted out this reply. I am a Democrat because my father was one, of course. With a broad grin on his face, the senator then nailed me with this rejoinder, just as I thought. Now, wouldn't you be in a bad fix if your father had been a horse thief? <laughs> That's such a great story. Now, the point of the story is not Democrats, Republicans, what religion you are or what religion you aren't. The point of the story is that so many people all throughout the world believe things simply because 
their father or their mother or some influential figure in their life believed those things. And because we know that beliefs are powerful, I'm of the opinion that we should analyze and select our beliefs a little more carefully. I think we should have better reasons for our beliefs than, well, my father believed this or my mother believed this or so-and-so believed this, therefore I believe this. I think it's important that we carefully select the beliefs that we have in our lives. And so let's get into the four types of beliefs. If you can imagine a table with two rows split into two columns, so you've got four boxes all in a square. And in the top left box, you have the word true, So there are beliefs that are true. Right below that box is another box that says untrue. So there are beliefs that are true. There are beliefs that are untrue. And then to the right of those two boxes, true and untrue, we have two other categories of beliefs. And the first category is useful. And the second category is not useful. So beliefs can be of four types. They can be beliefs that are true and useful. They can be true and not useful, and they can also be untrue and useful, and they can also be untrue and not useful. I want to give you an example of each of these types of beliefs. One example of a belief that I would categorize as true and useful would be the following. I can learn and grow, and this means I can find even more success over time. I believe that's a true belief because we can learn and we can grow, and I believe that's a useful belief because if you believe that you can learn and grow and that that growth and learning can lead to more success, you will be likely to actually learn and grow and do the things that will lead to success. So that's an example of a belief that is true and useful. Now here's an example of a belief that is true true and not useful. And why is this important to understand? Well, because there are a lot of people out there in the world that are going to do their very darndest to shove your consciousness with so many facts and stories and random information. And they're going to say, well, it's true. You should know about this. It's true. A great example of this type of uh, belief or category of belief would be the news. Something awful happens in the news and everybody wants to talk about it and tell you about it and fill your mind with negativity because it's true. It happened. You need to know about it. Another example, would be the world is filled with injustice and that particular bucket also could contain every crime that happens the world over. So are all the crimes in the world that happen true? Well, they sure are. They do happen. Is the world filled with injustice? It sure is. You could find injustice in many, many, many places. But is it useful to fill your mind with injustice and crime just because it's true. How would that affect your psychology? How would that affect your state of being? If you're filling your mind, your consciousness with things that were true, but not useful, you can easily see that it would put you in a state of negativity. It would fill you with a state of fear. It would prevent you from taking action and moving forward and believing that the world is also filled with goodness, that the world is also filled with law-abiding citizens, that the world is also filled with principle-centered people, right? So that's an example of something that would be true and not useful. Now, before I explain the untrue and useful versus the untrue, true and not useful, I want to define untrue. So untrue in this specific use case where I'm using this word, I'm going to define as blatantly false so we can prove it is not true or something that we can't know for certain. So it still might be true, but for this definition, I'm going to put it in the category of untrue. So here are a couple examples. Untrue and useful. 
My vision is worth pursuing and it is manifesting over time. Now, why would I call that untrue? Well, because a vision is out into the future, so we can't prove that it's true. When I first started setting my initial income goals, I couldn't prove that they were going to manifest, so it was kind of untrue. Nevertheless, it was useful for me to believe in something that someone could have said, well, that's not true. You're not going to make that vision come to pass. And it was useful because believing in that vision that I'd created for myself and my family filled my mind and my body with excitement and faith and happiness and positivity and it filled my life with action. So it was extremely useful for me to believe in a better vision, a better future for myself, okay? So then the last one is untrue and also not useful. Now, I think this could be an example of the worst kind of belief. Something that we know is untrue and it's also not useful to our lives. And I'm going to pick on the snake church here because there were some examples in this audio clip that I played for you where these people had the belief that God wants me to dance with venomous snakes to prove my faithfulness. Now, that was the belief, right? I picked a line from the Bible, said this is what God wants. We got to prove to the unbelievers. We got to show them signs. And this is how I'm going to prove my faithfulness to God. Now, why am I saying that's untrue? It could be true. I don't know. And that's the point. It's falling into the category of I don't know. So I'm calling it untrue because we can't really prove that that's what God wants. But as far as usefulness for this gentleman's dad, he died and left his family to fend for themselves. And then his son picked up those same beliefs and got bit, taken to the hospital. His body's going to suffer these negative effects for the rest of his life. His wife is terrified. I didn't play clips from his wife, but as you listen to the clips from his wife, she's terrified every time that her husband goes to church because she doesn't know if it's going to be the last time he goes to church. Would you say this is useful? I would say this is not useful. So what I really wanted to do in this episode is just highlight the fact that there in this life are a couple different things we want to be aware of Broadly speaking, there is something called reality, and reality is that which we all deal with in the physical realm. It's things which are quote-unquote true, physical things which are quote-unquote true. And then on the other side of the equation, we have our beliefs, okay? So reality is something that is true. It's the territory that we're all navigating, and a belief is something that we think is true, so what we think is true, it could be true, it could be useful, it could not be true, and it could not be useful, or it could not be true, and it could be useful, or it could be true, and it could be not useful. And all of those things categorize what we can call the map. In the field of neuro-linguistic programming, they have this phrase that is a really great phrase to think about, and it is as follows, the map is not the territory. If you can imagine yourself going on a long trip with your family and you want to know how to get there, you're going to get a map. Or in 2021 or beyond, maybe we've got a smartphone and we look up the address on Google and now we've got a digital map that's showing us the way, leading and guiding us, right? And we look down at our phone and that map is a representation of reality, okay? It's not reality, it's a representation of reality. So when they say the map is not the territory, they're making the distinction. They're drawing the line between the two and they're saying, hey, this map can be close to reality. It can be a good representation of reality, 
but it's not the road. It doesn't have all the trees on it. It doesn't have all the cars and obstacles on the map that the road does. So there's a difference. And just like that, our beliefs are not the same as reality. And we have to be aware of this as we navigate our journey forward. So in recap, map is not the territory. Belief is not necessarily reality. It can represent reality. It can be close to reality, but there is a difference. And understanding these four categories of beliefs, true, untrue, useful, not useful, can help you and me be better equipped to have a filter, have a filter on our mind and our ears so that we can do, like I've tried to encourage my kids to do, especially when we watch these videos together, I reminded my kids, don't believe everything you hear because there will be people all along your journey, business and otherwise, who wanna stuff your brain with things that they heard as a kid, that their dad heard as a kid, that their mom heard as a kid, on and on and on and on. And some of that stuff might be true and useful and some of it might be not true and not useful to our journey forward. And if we know how to categorize these different pieces of information that will come to us and we've got our filter up, we can better select those beliefs that will give us the best map for navigating the road and journey of freedom and success and getting to where we want to be in life in the very best way. So I hope this has been valuable to you. Thanks so much for listening. Love and appreciate and believe in you. Get out there, make it a great day, take action, go for your dreams, and we will hear you on the next episode of the Paul Hetchings Podcast. Take care and bye for now. Hey there, my friend. This is Paul Hetchings. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope this has been a great investment into your better future. To make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes and bonus content, please visit paulhetchings.net and click the podcast link in the menu bar to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and whatever you do, always go for your dreams.